Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 362 of Lockdown Raptors for Thursday, July 19th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockdownRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at LockdownRaptors, where you can find links to every single episode. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Lockdown Podcast Network team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got all NFL teams covered. That season's coming up pretty soon. Uh, most of the MLB teams have shows at this point, so make sure you're checking out those as well. And uh, subscribe to the daily national shows as well, Lockdown Fantasy, Lockdown NBA. All, a lot of great stuff for you to check out and uh, good local perspectives on everything going on around the league. And uh, you can find everything together on the Locked On NBA iTunes channel. If you find a show on that channel that you like separately, if you dig a host or like a team that you want to hear about more often, find that show separately on iTunes and subscribe, rate, review. Also, Spotify, Stitcher, all those places. Uh, it's very helpful to subscribe, rate, and review. Ratings are kind of what we live in, and uh, it helps us with the rankings. We're sitting pretty high in the rankings right now because of what you guys do. So thank you. Uh, in advance for leaving a little message with some stars, five stars preferably, uh, and thank you very much. Sorry it's very early this morning and I'm tired and I talked too much yesterday, so my voice is uh, kind of evading me today, but uh, on today's show, I'm joined by Locked On Spurs host Jeff Garcia, and we got the whole Spurs perspective of Kawhi Leonard and what happened there, uh, how it all broke down, also some good stuff on Danny Green as well. Jeff's been covering the team for like 15 years, so uh, he's got a good handle on the team, he's got a good handle on the guys on the team, so uh, it's a chat. Uh, we went back and forth, he asked me some Raptors questions as well. It's a classic crossover episode, really, if you've heard, ever heard the show where we do one with, I don't know, Chris Manning from Locked on Cavs, we used to do them all the time. Um, we just yeah, shoot the breeze a little bit, go back and forth about the respective sides of uh, the Kawhi Leonard-DeMar DeRozan trade, and it's uh, it's a good good chat, it's a little long, but it's uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there, so hope you enjoy it. Um, that's going to be it for me today. Enjoy the conversation today. And then tomorrow, uh, probably in the evening, so maybe you'll hear this on Saturday, but it's going to be myself and Katie Heindel doing a DeMar DeRozan tribute podcast. It's going to be emotional. There might be tears. I'm going to be pretty sad the entire time. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a tough one, but it's going to be a necessary one. So hopefully you tune in for that. And in the meantime, read Joe Wolfond, for, uh, frequent guest of this show. Joe Wolfond wrote a great DeMar piece for the score. I uh, just wanted to plug that because it's really great and you should check it out. It's this pinned tweet right now, so please go and click on Joe Wolfon's work because he is ridiculously good at writing and uh, kind of nails the DeMar thing perfectly. So check that out at the score. And that's going to do it for me. Uh, enjoy your Thursday. We'll talk to you again on Friday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Here's the chat with myself and Jeff Garcia. I'm Sean Woodley of Locked on Raptors, and I'm joined by Jeff Garcia of Locked on Spurs. Jeff! A thing happened today. We should probably talk about it. Hey, you know, it would take something <laughs> like this for us to finally do our first ever crossover show here on the Locked On Podcast Network. But you're right. My goodness. Um, a blockbuster trade went down. Your Raptors, my Spurs, Kawhi Leonard, DeMar DeRozan, you know, you know, cats and dogs flying <laughs> out the door. You know, like, what is going on? Finally, the dust is starting to settle now. Reality is setting in, and uh, yeah, it looks like uh, a couple of big-time players are switching teams, and I, I guess reports say they're not happy about it. Yeah, it's uh, that's uh, maybe we can start with that. Just sort of the yeah. initial reactions from both Kawhi and, and Demar. Although Kawhi, we're recording this for people. This might be coming out on Thursday morning for most people. We're recording this at about nine Eastern time on Wednesday night, so this is what we have so far. 
Um, Adrian Wojnarowski went on to SportsCenter, I guess, today and said that Kawhi is warming to the idea of playing in Toronto, at least this season. Uh, Brian Windhorst said he's going to come and be professional. So I think any of the questions about Kawhi not reporting to the Raptors are kind of out the window. So that's good, I guess, at least. But, you know, I, I don't, from, from my perspective, I'm not exactly surprised Kawhi is not excited about coming to Toronto. I think this was always going to kind of be a bit of a, you know, it's going to be a sell job, right? And if they're going to try to get him to stay, it's not going to be, you know, tickety-boo from day one, right? Like, it's going to be a season-long right. thing where they try to make the pitch, and I didn't expect Kawhi to come in being, like, super gung-ho about it. So, not entirely shocked there. The DeMar thing, as someone who has watched DeMar for nine seasons and who just loves DeMar and just has enjoyed every second of him being a Raptor and is sad to see him go as much as I'm excited about the trade... It's uh, it, it was a bit of a bummer this morning to see that he was clearly upset about it, right? He had the Instagram yeah. post uh, about the lack of loyalty and all that stuff. And, you know, where loyalty should lie in sports is kind of a tired question at this point. I, don't, I think we can mm-hmm. all agree it doesn't really exist. So I don't know why we make such a fuss out of, out of it if we all agree that it doesn't or shouldn't exist. So um, I don't know exactly what's going on there with DeMar and why he's so... You know, I, I mean, it's understandable uh, on one uh, from one hand, right? He's, I mean, before games, he was introduced as Mr. I Am Toronto. Like, this is a guy who has signed three contracts with the team. He's been here for nine years. He's been through the best era of the team and also probably the worst era of the team. And he's just kind of been there through all of it. And it is, it's got to be a shock to the system for him. I don't know exactly if I totally buy that the Raptors told him outright that he wasn't going to be traded because there have been sort of rumors about DeMar and trades like Andrew Wiggins and stuff like this like last Uh summer like this is not new for DeMar and so I I don't I feel like the like the Raptors front office wouldn't outright say like we're not trading you 100% it's probably somewhere in the middle of all that but um, it's definitely you know if there's a thing that makes me sad about all of this it's that DeMar is sad on his way out and it's not a clean breakup with with him and the team because like that is a a relationship that's going to last forever I mean there's not going to be a bigger standing ovation in the NBA this season than when DeMar returns to Toronto I can pretty much guarantee you that he's beloved here and a lot of Raptors fans are kind of upset about it because of the loyalty aspect even though Kawhi Leonard is such a good player um, I don't know. How did you kind of read all this stuff going on with the loyalty and the reactions of Kawhi and Demar? Well, everything you just said regarding DeRozan is the complete opposite for Kawhi Leonard among uh, Spurs fans, uh, right. City San Antonio, and then some. Look, you want to talk about loyalty? You know, his loyalty has been in question since this whole quad injury. I can't play. I got to sit out the entire season. I can give you nine games. Oh, you, I I got to be hidden from you when you come visit me in New York City, reportedly. Etc. Etc. Kawhi Leonard burned a lot of bridges, and uh, he is uh, now public enemy number one in the city of San Antonio. Unlike Demar Derozan, who's still and will be beloved in Toronto for pretty much the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a situation where this was an ugly breakup. This was a situation where it had to be done before training camp preseason kicks off. The last thing the Spurs needed was to have a disgruntled player come into that locker room, mm-hmm. if it even dared to enter the locker room, and uh, be kind of a kind of a, a dark cloud hovering over the team uh, as they begin new chapters in their franchise history. Popovich talked about it in his uh, post-trade conference uh, with the local media, saying that Kawhi Leonard was a teammate, a great teammate. And that reports of him having some sort of rift uh, with the team and Leonard and his camp was uh, overblown. But, you know, Popovich didn't make it very clear it was time to move on. Mm -hmm. 
uh, this was a situation that I think at the end of the day, Sean, nobody's going to win Toronto or San Antonio. Although I may, you may disagree with me as we talk on this uh, show that I, that if I had to, you know, put pen to paper and write down who won the deal, I still think San Antonio won. Hmm. Um, but I, I, Sean, I'm, you know, when I look back at this deal, I'm going to be looking at a situation where I don't remember Kawhi Leonard for what he did as a spur on the court, bringing a title, winning a finals MVP, two-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year. I think his final hurrah in San Antonio tainted his legacy hmm. uh, as a spur. That's fair. Um, and, and it's interesting that you that you have the perspective that you think the, the Spurs won the deal because from my perspective, like I think yeah. this is a home run deal Shock. for the Raptors. It's yeah, it's <laughs> and I mean it kind of it depends on the context, I think, in which you're looking at the team and like the Raptors, yeah, maybe this is a huge risk. It is a huge risk, like there's no doubt about it. And this could end yeah. with Kawhi leaving, but I think all the other sort of context around the team makes it so that this is very much a home run move for the Raptors right now. And, like, this isn't a move that, say, the Celtics or Sixers needed to force themselves into making. This isn't a move that the Lakers were going to force themselves to make. But when you look at the Raptors, a team that has kind of fizzled out in the playoffs kind of famously the last couple seasons, and a lot of those, you know, struggles have come while DeMar has not played particularly well. I think the the idea of trading DeMar for a guy like Kawhi, who in theory kind of fills every flaw that DeMar had while also just being better at the things that DeMar is good at for the most part, that like it's it's a move that you can't really refuse making if you're the Raptors because what what's the best that happens if you keep Demar and run it back and I was always okay with running it back I don't mind it uh, I was fine with the idea of winning 55 games and losing in the second round again I, I accepted that as the Raptors' fate because I didn't think a trade like this was on the table um, but when this presents itself like. What what was the the best result that you were gonna get by keeping Demar around? It was you were gonna have the same success you've had the last couple of seasons. Maybe you sneak into a finals with LeBron out of the East, but probably not because Boston and Philly were better than you most likely. And you know with Kawhi, yes, the window's shorter now, but the ceiling is significantly higher. I would say you know Boston's gonna be an excellent team. Toronto's right there as a favorite to win the East. I think it's those two teams, and then Philly a yeah. slight tier below. And that is like that's a really real sort of goal to be shooting for, and I think it makes a lot of sense for where the Raptors are right now to shorten their window to try to maximize what they have. And Kawhi is a guy who like it's he will be the best player to ever play for the Raptors in terms of talent. Like it's 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 just how it is. Like the Raptors don't have a storied history by any means, but he's going to be the best, the most talented Raptor of all time. And like I think this is a move they had to make. Uh, if they wanted to sort of, you know, maximize Kyle Lowry's prime and all this stuff. And the fact that they didn't give up yeah, uh, OG Ananobi or Pascal Siakam, I think, is just an absolute coup for the Raptors. Like, I, I like Jakob Pertl a lot. We'll probably get to Jakob Pertl. But the big thing that I was expecting when this deal came down was, oh, it's definitely going to be one of OG or Pascal, maybe both going to the Spurs. And the fact that neither of those guys went, went to San Antonio, I just think it's a gamble that is just more than worth you're just making because they didn't give up the future. They they gave up probably their fifth best of all their of their five young players on the roster, and they 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 acquired Kawhi Leonard. Who if things go well, they bet on themselves. Like they're betting on themselves to be able to keep him. If things go perfectly, they got a top five player, which is the thing that they've been lacking while still being pretty good over the last few seasons. So I think it's a total win for the Raptors. But I I don't really begrudge Spurs fans for thinking they won the trade because. 
I mean, the Kawhi thing obviously kind of reached a point where there was it was a point of no return with him. My question to you is, like, where did it go wrong with Kawhi? Because this remains just, like, the weirdest situation I can think of with a star player where it just, like, I don't know, it just seemed like it fell apart kind of out of nowhere, and I don't really know how much of the pie chart of blame belongs to the injury or to his uncle or to the team. Right. Like, it, it's it's all over the place. So, like, I don't know, how, does, how do you ever read on that situation? I don't know if you have any inside information at all, but, like, how do you sort of perceive how and when this thing broke apart you, you know when i look back at this uh, situation the spurs are now done with and wash their hands of i see a situation where this wasn't david robinson this wasn't tim duncan this wasn't manu and tony mm-hmm. this was a different animal and i'm not calling i'm not calling it an animal what i'm <laughs> calling it was just a different situation let me put it that way mm-hmm. this for countless seasons, for 20-plus seasons, the Spurs enjoyed life, uh, for the most part, drama-free from their team leader. Mm-hmm. Um, former Spur Antonio Daniels said it best by saying this was basically the Tim Duncan effect. Mm-hmm. Um, here comes Tim Duncan, and he is the ultimate player, and then he leaves. And heaped upon Kawhi Leonard was the expectation that he will take the mantle. I don't think that uh, he wanted it. I don't think that he is capable of guiding a team to the NBA Finals. Yes, he won a title with the Spurs in 2014 and won the NBA Finals MVP award. But he still had a serviceable Tim Duncan. He still had a serviceable Manu and Tony. Danny Green was shooting lights out. The, The Spurs, that team was on a mission. They called it the beautiful game for a reason. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just simply Kawhi Leonard. Um, and I think what grew out of this was the Spurs dealing with a player of this generation, uh, looking reportedly for his brand to mm-hmm. explode, uh, a reported uh, bad deal with Nike or Jordan brand because he's in San Antonio, and if he leaves to a larger market, he can get a bigger payday. Um He's just a different uh, player. Mm-hmm. He's not the type of player to s- step in line, toe the line, follow the company uh, policy, and move on. The Spurs had that with Robinson and Duncan and Manu and Tony. D- Kawhi isn't. And let's face it. Look, I've covered the Spurs since 2004. Yeah, they, they marshaled their own uh, drumbeat, and they're very militaristic. And sometimes that rubs off. On players the wrong way. Ask Stephen Jackson. Mm-hmm. Ask Lamarcus Aldridge, <laughs> who wanted who wanted out of San Antonio. Um, but nevertheless, this was, I think, in my opinion, was something blossoming into what happened. I was told about midway through the uh, rodeo road trip, uh, right after the uh, Spurs and oh, actually Popovich made that infamous Kawhi is out indefinitely. You remember that? Yep. Uh, I'm saying that because. I don't want you guys to bother me. I was told with my sources very close to the team that uh, this was all Kawhi, mm-hmm. that the players were already tuning him out, um, that they, frankly, were ready to move past Kawhi Leonard. So it had been brewing since then. Uh, Sean, I know you touched about you know how you think that uh, Toronto uh, you know came out well in the deal. Uh, when I'd say the Spurs did better than Toronto, I'm looking at more from the aspect of not X's and O's mm-hmm. um, off the court as well. I'm glad that it's over. Yeah. I'm glad that this cloud over San Antonio is done. 
I'm happy the Spurs can just move forward. Yeah. I'm happy that now it's your problem, and I hope it doesn't happen, but, <laughs> you know, that Kawhi's uncle and his camp, you know, are not in San Antonio anymore. And I think the pressure is on your GM, the Raptors, to convince Kawhi to stay in Raptors' colors. If he decides to leave, I think that puts the Raptors in a bind. Say what you will about that free agent pool that's going to be there next offseason. But you pretty much, Toronto pretty much gambled away their franchise player and a beloved player for possibly a, a guy who wants to go to L.A. and could leave Toronto high and dry, especially if you don't crack the NBA Finals. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously the concern, right? That's the big question over the entire trade. My counter to that would just be that the Raptors were kind of headed for a rebuild anyway. Like, this was going to be, you know, a couple of years from now, the Raptors, you know, with, with both Serge and, and Kyle coming up on their contracts and DeMar having a player option, like, it was very likely that maybe not next season, but the season after that, the Raptors are going to be plunging into a rebuild. And... I think it's a, a worthwhile gamble to, A, clear up a lot of space going forward, whether you use that space to sign somebody. Uh, you know, there's rumors and a lot of speculation that they're going to try to go hard after Giannis in 2021 because Masai is close with him and, and has a relationship there. So that, that's something that they're keeping the books clear for in 2021. Or whether they just like take on bad contracts to gain assets to sort of recoup some of the value they lost in this trade and what they've done over the last few years. Like, I think... That, that that rebuild was coming anyway, so to sort of speed that up and, and clear the books a little bit more for that, I think it kind of makes sense. If you don't have Demar on a team that you're not really going to be competitive with, then you're probably more likely to be good at tanking and, and getting a, a better draft pick and all that stuff. Like I just think it, it helps make a smoother transition to the rebuild that was probably coming anyway, and it gives you a much better shot at doing something than the team that you currently had that proved like that there were definite issues in the playoffs and maybe they could have overcome them and made it to the conference finals or the finals or whatever, but this gives them a better shot for this year and this year for what the Raptors are and sort of the window that window that they've established for themselves was always going to be the more go all in season than, than anything else. Like it just made sense with the young guys having an extra year or two uh, of development. And then you have Kyle still in his prime and still on, on contract and DeMar still in his prime or whatever, um, or being able to trade DeMar, obviously like that changes things too, but this was always going to be the go all in year. And there's no more going all in than getting an MVP candidate player. And I just think that's why I think it was a good move for the Raptors. Um, a couple of the things I guess we could touch on. I mean, the, the Kawhi and DeMar are not the only guys involved in this trade. Uh, Danny Green's coming to the Raptors. What can people in Toronto expect from him, both as a player and just as a dude? Well, as a player, you're getting one of the better defensive uh, players on the perimeter in this league. Uh, he was given the nod for his efforts on the defensive end last season, or a couple of seasons ago, as uh, being named to the all-defensive NBA second team. You got a guy who knows his role, mm -hmm. who knows he's not going to go beyond that, who's going to give you lockdown defense, who's going to give you some great chase-down blocks, and the occasional offensive explosion. I say occasional because uh, his offensive game has trailed off tremendously. Mm -hmm. um, he, he's, he's, they, they had a nickname for him in San Antonio called Icy Hot, and that's just <laughs> sum it up right there. Uh, one day he's going to be good offensively, one day he's going to be bad. But... I've had the fortune, I had the privilege to actually get to know Danny and his family, and I spent time with him. Um, and I can tell you, as just as a uh, for fans, he's going to make sure he's going to go out of his way to 
uh, introduce himself and really connect with fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been countless times uh, where I'll be uh, traveling with the team, whether it be the road to road trip or in team practice. He'll come up to me and start talking to me as yeah. if I'm he's known me since high school. So uh, he's a really good guy. He's very communicated, community orientated. It's a shame he just finished a Texas uh, tour uh, providing uh, f- uh, less fortunate kids with a basketball camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he sponsored that. So, uh, you know, I hate to see him leave the state of Texas, let alone San Antonio. But Toronto's getting a great guy on the court, off the court. And let's face it, Raptors were already one of the better defensive teams. And I think they just spiked that by netting Kawhi and Danny. Yeah, and not just that. It's you move on from Demar, who's one of the worst defensive wings in the league, and it's yeah, they're going to be a they were the fifth best defensive team in the league. I think they have a good shot at being top three, just considering all the pieces they have. It's nice. That's good to hear about Danny Green. That's really encouraging, and it's cool that they have CJ Miles and also CJ Miles with defense now on the team. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, that that should be, you know, the Raptors. They lost a lot in terms of. Uh, like locker room chattiness today with Damar and Yak going out of town. You're gonna to love Yak, by the way. He's excellent to talk to X's and O's with. He's yeah. He's a really good kid. Um, but kid, I think he's. Uh, I'm older than him, but not by much. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, it's nice to know well, that Danny's gonna, be gonna come into town. With, uh, with, uh, uh, he's gonna be teaming up now with fellow Australian Patty Mills. He's Austrian. He's not Australian. Oh, I'm sorry. I- I- Austrian, <laughs> There, there goes, there goes my reading comprehension. Same thing. Um, it's the same, same thing. Right? But, he, but he's still coming to a team that flourishes and develops international players. Yeah, no, he's the Spursiest player possible. I'm not surprised they've coveted him in the trade. Uh, he's a he's a he's a good player too. He's really smart. He like one of the better rim protectors in the league this past season. Like around the same level as like Rudy Gobert and Joel Embiid in terms of field goal percentage at the rim that last season. Uh, obviously on a lower number of shots contested, but uh, he's just a really smart, excellent defender. He's pretty quick on his feet as well, you'll notice. Um, he, he, he's not like a liability by any means as a center out there, even though he can't really shoot. His defense is just, it's outstanding. And he's becoming a much better passer on the roll and stuff like that. He's, a, he's an interesting little player. I, I like Yak a lot, but I, I think it's worth giving up him. And I, I'm happy... It's him compared to, say, OG or Pascal Siakam. But, um, yeah, Yaka Pirtle is going to be a very liked spur, I'm pretty sure. And, and like I said, he's one of the better guys to talk to. Uh, You pull him aside after a game and talk about the X's and O's of what happened in the game. He's very good at recalling what's going on and kind of just, like, explaining it in layman's terms to people. And, uh, yeah, he's a a great interview for sure. Yeah, you know, sure, the Spurs lost a tremendous amount of defense. Uh, by packaging and uh, Leonard and Green to Toronto. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, though, the Spurs still showed that they can have and survive life without Kawhi Leonard. Last season, they did it. They still made the postseason. They they still had one of the better defensive... uh, They were one of the better defensive teams in the league, I think fourth or third around that that mark. Mm -hmm. And... The only thing that they really needed to help uh, with was offensive firepower. It was pretty much LaMarcus Aldridge or bust last season on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. And DeMar DeRozan coming into this situation in San Antonio will not only help lessen the load for LaMarcus Aldridge, but also provides another option the Spurs can look at on the offensive end. And I, I don't think this is getting really looked at as much, and I think it will as this trade settles in and everybody starts mulling it over. 
dare I say, DeJounte Murray and DeMar DeRozan could possibly be one of the better one-two punches on the perimeter. You have a DeJounte Murray who's blossoming into a great NBA player, and, and I think he's going to have a breakout season next year. He's one of the better defensive uh, players on the perimeter. He was given the nod for his defensive play last year by being named to the All-NBA Defensive Second Team. You couple him with DeMar DeRozan and the fact that they're still young. They're not even sniffing 30 yet. Hmm. Pair him up with LaMarcus Aldridge. I think that's a nice triple threat the Spurs could possibly have in their hands. Yeah, I think the Spurs did about as well as they could have considering the situation. And I still think you'd probably like to get more for Kawhi. But yeah, I I think DeMar is going to blossom there. I am concerned that this team is going to set the all-time record for mid-range jumpers taken. Um, but hey, DeMar and LaMarcus Aldridge are good at that, so I guess that's like fine. Um, like I, I'm, I don't really know how modern their offense will be, how effective it'll be, but like DeMar is a, a high-volume guy who scores with pretty good efficiency. It's improved over the last few seasons. Um, he's great getting the free-throw line and stuff like that. So yeah, he will be a nice offensive injection. I would warn his defense can definitely kind of drive you mad a little bit, especially if you've been watching Kawhi Leonard play defense for the last five or six years. Like, DeMar's defense definitely leaves a lot to be desired. Hey, maybe he'll be motivated. Maybe he'll turn it around. He talked uh, at the start of this offseason about wanting to get better on the defensive end. Nick Nurse, Raptors coach, challenged him, uh, you know, and said that they're going to really work at that with him. So maybe that's something. I mean, the thing about DeMar, he – and this is such a – it's such a human and relatable thing with DeMar, right? He works so hard and harder than anybody I've ever seen in the NBA uh, and kind of turned himself from a, like, kind of just raw project slasher dunker type player into a really refined offensive juggernaut of a player. Like, he, he did that himself. He's a self-made all-star. And for that reason, he's super easy to root for and, he, and very beloved around here and will be, I'm sure, with the Spurs. And, you know, he, he, he's just kind of become this self-made thing, but he's always kind of had these flaws. And that, I think, is what kind of led to this trade happening. He has these flaws that kind of limit the ceiling of your team. And it's, it's kind of human because he works so hard. He works his ass off to get better. And he's still not quite what people want him to be or what the Raptors needed him to be. I, I just find he's a, he's a very relatable player, a very human player, and a very easy player to root for because of those things, even though they are directly you know, entwined with the reasons why the Raptors are ready to move on from him. It's uh, He's a very complex player, I think, to root for, and, and for a lot of reasons. But I think Spurs fans are going to love him. DeMar is... Just such a good dude. I can't speak highly enough for him. Uh, can't speak highly enough of him. Just you know the the work he did this season. You know, shedding light on the stigma against uh, mental illness and depression, and and, and just he was uh, fantastic. He was. I'm gonna miss him a lot. Raptors fans are gonna miss him a lot. And I think is the weird thing about this trade is I think the Raptors did really well, and I'm excited for Kawhi Leonard. But there's no way I'm ever going to root for Kawhi Leonard as hard. As I rooted for Demar Derozan, it's uh, it's a very strange sort of uh, conflict going on, and I think a lot of Raptors fans' brains right now. Yeah, and and you know, one thing I like about Derozan coming to San Antonio is that uh, you know, statistically on the assist side, he upped it, uh, dishing out more uh, last season. I think he averaged what five point two. That's a career high for him. Yeah, yeah. So I like that aspect, and and as much and it's warranted that a lot of spotlight or negative spotlight is shined on him because of his less-than-stellar defense. Popovich did wonders 
with other players that also came in with the reputation of not playing stellar defense, in particular, the Marco Bellinelli. Mm-hmm. Bellinelli had one of his better defensive uh, seasons when he was a spur in his first stint. Uh, yeah, he was not going to be all-world defensive team. He's not going to be making uh, NBA defensive uh, teams and, and, and the defensive player of the year. <laughs> but Bellinelli did make a bigger effort on that. And the fact that Pop is going to stress that till his last minute as a member of the Spurs and leaving them, I think that's going to be infectious for uh, DeMar DeRozan. He's going to see other the other players commit to that. They buy into that program of defense first. And... We know Pop's history, his reputation. He doesn't care if you're Tim Duncan, DeMar DeRozan, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. If you're wearing the Spurs uniform and you're not committing yourself to the defensive end, he will let you know vocally <laughs> and minute-wise, et cetera, et cetera. I think this is going to be good for DeMar DeRozan. And if he says, as you, you said, that he wants to give a little bit more commitment to that area of his game, then what better place to do that in San Antonio? Yeah, for sure. They got a little former Raptors party going on with San Antonio now, huh? With uh, Rudy yeah, Gay and DeMar Rudy being reunited. Yeah. Marco Bellinelli's Matt Bonner still kicking around. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's actually still with the uh, Spurs. He's now their uh, TV announcer. So. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I recall that. Yeah. yeah. That's a... Uh, I'll be rooting. I'll be watching a lot of Spurs games, even though I know there are jokes going around right now about how they won't be pretty particularly watchable. Um, I'll be watching lots of Spurs games because I'll, I'll, I'm going to be rooting hard for Demar. I'm, I'm going to miss Demar and Yak as well. The, it's a it's a bittersweet trade, I think, for a lot of Raptors fans. But I think ultimately it makes sense for for where both teams are, considering what the Spurs, the lack of leverage they had. I think that makes some sense too. It's uh Interesting trade, I guess, to say the least. I, I, that's well, all I got for you, though. Do you have anything else yeah, you want to... Yeah, I, I got a lot of questions. <laughs> um, we know what DeMar DeRozan can do on the offensive end. We know what he's... As of this moment, he kind of shaky on the defensive end, though. Mm. But as an outsider, looking into this situation and seeing DeRozan out wearing Spurs colors... Headed into this uh, type of environment, the Spurs culture, that championship pedigree, not a knock against Toronto, but do you think that change of scenery can help him become even better? It's so hard because I like Demar's one of the last guys in the world that I would want to bet against getting better. But at some point, he will stop getting better. He's twenty nine now. He's in his ninth season. Like eventually, the whole thing where every single year he adds something to his game will eventually kind of stop happening I'm not saying it'll happen this season but the the defense thing has been like a a nagging thing for the last few seasons and it's still never really come around and it's frustrating because there are times where he is good and fine and he'll have stretches where he tries for a couple weeks but I think a big thing with DeMar is that and this is probably going to be the case with the Spurs is that when he has a huge offensive burden the defense definitely falls by the wayside whether it's just because he's using so much energy or just because he can only focus so much and that, I think, is still a concern with this Spurs team. You were saying how this team needed an offensive punch, and if DeMar is going to sort of dictate a lot of offensive possessions, which is what he did last season. He kind of played de facto point guard for the Raptors a lot of the time last year, and I would imagine he'll probably do that with the Spurs this year because he is just a more effective player with the ball in his hands as opposed to playing off ball. It's just kind of how his strengths line up. Uh, I do wonder if the offensive load that he'll be carrying will sort of translate to him not being particularly, you know, keen on improving his defense. But I, 
I would bet against DeMar. I would not bet against DeMar improving in some fashion because DeMar, every single year for the last six or seven years, has come into camp with something new, whether it's uh, you know playmaking, whether it's just like a more refined footwork, or it's uh, you know a, a willingness to take threes, even though he didn't hit many threes last season at a high percentage. He you know he took a lot of them. He was fine. You know he he was he worked that into his game as a threat. So. Yeah, DeMar is, a, like I said, a really hardworking guy who was going to add stuff every single year. So I, I would not bet against him uh, improving in some fashion, whether it's on defense or just a, as a three-point shooter, whatever it is. I, he still has some room to grow before uh, he plateaus, I think. Uh, and now, as far as Kawhi Leonard, uh, you gave me the heads up and the listeners a heads up. I'm going to give you the heads up right now. All right. Good luck. Good luck interviewing him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's going to be like pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless he changes his uh, personality, you know, because maybe he just was like that in San Antonio because he wasn't happy there. But if it stays to form, if he stays to form, then uh, getting him to talk will be a chore. Um, his uh, camp, uh, at least in this situation, I mind you, it's, uh, I mean, maybe I'm a little tainted because of what happened this offseason. But uh, his uncle and his camp and the agency, quote unquote, um, you know, can be a, a, a little difficult to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, you know, one thing that you have to be know about Kawhi Leonard uh, now wearing Raptors colors is this. He's going to put the work in. Mm-hmm. You're, there's no doubting that. You're going to get 1 billion percent, or as Deadpool says, maximum effort <laughs> each game in, game in, game out. But... I think the little trepidation I would have as, as you, Sean, covering the Raptors and for the fans is that quad. Mm-hmm. This thing is reportedly degenerative. Yeah. And it could pop up again. And if that ha- happens, then yikes. You know, now what for Toronto? If that quad forces him to sit out again, as he said, it caused him to miss the almost the entire season, 2017-18, that is something that I think you and the Raptors and the fans have to keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure. And I think, again, that, that kind of plays into, I think, why the Raptors didn't have to give up as much as maybe a lot of people expected they would. And I think they accept the risks there, too. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I'm concerned about that. It's so hard because we don't know exactly where the line between his injury and his sort of you know, beef with the Spurs lies as to like the reason why he sat out. It's it seems so ambiguous, but yeah, no, I I, I think that's definitely something you got to be concerned about, especially if it's a generative like we talked about. Like there's there's no doubt about that. So maybe it doesn't really crop up this season, but maybe that's something they have to consider. If say they convince him to stay, that's something they have to consider long term, right? Is you know yeah. how much do we trust this quad? So that's not a question that's going away anytime soon. I tell you this much though. Um... The AT&T Center will be very loud for their lone Raptors visit to <laughs> San Antonio. And it's not going to be a love fest. It's going to be very icy. Yeah. And it's definitely going to be a showering of booze for Kawhi Leonard. So it just it's when I look at this deal, Sean, and at the players involved, talk about ends of the spectrum. Yeah. You've got a beloved player leaving a, an organization and you got a player who turned heel on the Spurs and his organization, the fans, leaving, and fans wearing silver and black are packing his bags and putting him on the next flight out to Toronto. Mm -hmm. It's that. I don't think I am 
encapsulating how much venom the Spurs uh, fan base have for Kawhi Leonard. It's it's very palpable. Yeah, no, I, I it's it's crazy. It's going to be the exact inverse of when Demar comes to Toronto for the first time. It's it's going to yeah. be kind of weird to see that, but. Yeah, I I don't blame Spurs fans for being upset either. And like like I said, like I I'm not as excited to root for Kawhi as I was for Demar. I, I I like it from a team perspective, but yeah, it's it's hard to digest on on a certain level because of the sort of baggage that he comes with. So I guess we'll see how it yeah. all works out, man. This was. Uh, do you have anything else before we wrap this thing up? No, um, I still think the Spurs won the deal. And <laughs> uh, uh, good luck to you guys. Uh, uh, up uh, up north, and uh, you you got Kawhi Leonard. I, I you know I think that'll settle in the moment he puts a Raptors jersey on in his first game. And if he plays at the MVP level he was prior to Jaja Pachulia happening, mm-hmm. then uh, you, you know you, you're going to be very happy with that deal. And I think for the Spurs uh, fan base and the team as well, I think that they're going to be just as equally fine with Demar Derozan and in Spurs colors and. Uh, I now now we can breathe now. I think we can breathe now, at least for San Antonio, because mm-hmm. that has has been the biggest shoe to drop, and it finally happened. The next one is Mono Ginobili, whether he will come back or not, and set off sail off into retirement. Yeah, uh, Spurs fans deserve Manu coming back for one more year. I think they've been through enough the last couple of years. <laughs> Haven't come back once, yeah. and uh, be Demar's backup. I hope to see that. Um, yeah. Everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah, talk, about a, talk about a player to learn from for DeMar yeah. DeRozan. I mean, Monarch Ginobili. Yeah, absolutely. And same deal for Lonnie Walker learning from DeMar. Like, I yeah. think that's going to be a nice little thing, too. Uh, Norm Powell speaks glowingly of DeMar as a mentor and as a leader. So um, I'm sure that'll apply similarly to the guys on, on the Spurs. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Jeff, where can people find your podcast and your work? Yeah, definitely uh, check out Locked On Spurs and the Locked On Podcast Network is uh, you know on the on the Locked On uh, Podcast uh, Network, which you can find at Google Play, yep. Stitcher, iTunes. Pretty much, just if you have an Alexa, just say Locked On Spurs and they'll just play it. I mean, it's that simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of great content coming out from Locked On Spurs, and also if you want to just dive into more about San Antonio. Go to news4sanantonio.com, Fox 29, news, uh, Fox29sanantonio.com. I am the uh, lead Spurs writer and their NBA beat writer. There's all things silver and black covered there. So definitely check me out and follow me on Twitter at JeffGSpursZone. Fantastic. Uh, everyone, follow me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Uh, subscribe, rate, review to Locked On Raptors on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places you find your podcasts. Uh, it's very helpful. Ratings and reviews are like the currency that we mm-hmm. survive in. It's very helpful for algorithms and egos and all that stuff. So please uh, <laughs> leave some nice words on both Locked On Spurs and Locked On Raptors feeds. And uh yeah thanks so much for listening and we will talk to you we'll have to do a podcast before the first game these two teams play uh because it's going to be tense but whether it's in san antonio or toronto uh we'll have to catch up again soon thanks jeff no problem